do 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 Hello, this is Back from the Brink, the after show for the morning KCA radio show. Morning and afternoons on KCA radio. What? Uh, 1050 AM and 106.5 and 102.3 FM. Your trifecta of talk in the Inland Empire, Southern California's trifecta radio. I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. Um, and we've got stuff going on around the world, 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 world. Hey, um, this weekend, I don't know if anybody was watching on ESPN. They've been doing a um, 30 for 30 special each week. And last week they were talking about Bruce Lee and, and his place in history and what kind of person was he and and was he the same as the guy that was portrayed in the... Was he really like the the, the character in the Quentin Tarantino movie that came out uh, uh, last summer? And this week they did the Summer of Slam. It was Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa in 1998 as they were chasing after the home run record um, where Sosa in the last week caught up to, he was four home runs behind, caught up to and passed Mark McGuire, uh, and then his season was over. McGuire's team, St. Louis, had two more games to play, and McGuire hit two home runs in each game to go from 66 to 70 and uh, and set the home run record, which was subsequently beaten by Barry Bonds, who did 72, um, which is the current record. And what was nice about it was that they brought you along through the entire thing like it was when you were watching it live. It was exciting and amazing. And then after the fact is when the whole steroid scandal broke within baseball. And so they kind of did that through the through the uh, 30 for 30 episode as well. They brought you along, good times, good feeling, excitement about the run, how it was going back and forth, how it brought people back to baseball, and baseball became relevant. People were excited about this home run uh, derby that these two guys were having. And then after the fact, then uh, the shadow was cast on it of steroids. And I probably do not represent the um, the majority here where I feel like they should go ahead and put them in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, I think that, you know, at the time, baseball had not outlawed steroids. They were, there were no, um, the, the uh, it was, you know, new to, that was a new world and in terms of the, the chemistry and there wasn't things that were, uh, illegal between, uh, as Sammy Sosa says, I didn't break any laws, the United States or the Dominican Republic. And so why? Here's Aaron. Let's let her get in here. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> No, no, it's not. Nothing is easy this morning. I hurt everywhere. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Except my arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's uh, the, the the fifty miles. You know, especially. I mean, the way you did it is, is not the way I would recommend it because, boy, you had to hit it the last few days. I'm super proud of you for doing it though and and pushing through. It's um, that's it's a long ways to go. You know. It- you know, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, the last week, my intention was, um, that I would have gotten a lot more done, uh, last week. No, the week before, whenever the, 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 um, the riots were going down and they put everybody on curfew that took, t- took four days out. Yeah. And those four days I intended to do a 5k 
every one of those four days, right? Uh -huh. And so that would have put me in a much better position going into this weekend. So that was that this last week? I don't even know. So, um, so that was my intention. But so yeah, it didn't it didn't work out that way. <laughs> it's a blur. But I still did it. So yep. I was bound and determined. I finished, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't, you know, we had guests on the show, so we didn't get to talk about too many different things. But I was just going through some of the stuff that was uh, happening in the sports world. Um, NASCAR has been racing, and they raced this weekend. Uh, as I think I pointed out, the uh, uh, Supercross has hunkered down in Utah, and they're racing on Sundays and Wednesdays. And every time they race, they just reconfigure the track. So it's a different track each time, but nobody's going anywhere. They're all staying in one place, and there's nobody in the stands. Um, what fans have done is sent in uh, uh, like the 16 by 20 sheets of paper or poster board with their pictures on it. And they're setting those in the stands. And so when you look at the stands, you see the faces of all their fans, but That's they're not awesome. there, which is kind of cool. It's just support for the racers. And it's kind of fun watching that live racing. And then um, uh, specifically, this uh, ESPN has been doing a 30 for 30 series on Sundays. And last weekend they did uh, a, a, an episode on Bruce Lee uh, and talking about him and his life. This weekend they they did a uh, segment on the summer of 1998 when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were battling it out for uh, the home run record. And they both broke the home run record. It was like a week out and Sammy Sosa was four home runs behind and he hit five. And, and wrapped up his season with 66 and was the record holder for a period of time. But the Cardinals, with McGuire, had two more games to play. And in those two games, Mark McGuire uh, caught him and passed him and ended up with 70. And, wow. And what I loved about the way they, they um, configured the, the, the special was that it was a conversation about how exciting it was and how they brought people back to baseball and people were excited about ba People who aren't even baseball fans were paying attention in, the, in 1998 because these two guys were battling it out, and it was such an amazing um, just competition between the two fantastic athletes. And then, after the fact, the whole baseball and steroids thing broke. Right. And put a right. shadow over the whole thing. And they set up the, the special the same way. So they didn't even talk about the steroid scandal until the end. And so you went through this whole thing and got excited about it all again and were cheering for them. And then they bring up the, oh, yeah, by the way, there's this, this issue going on. And, you know, I, I hold an opinion that's probably not the most popular opinion in terms of, or doesn't go with the majority in that during that time, baseball did not have a ban on steroids. Football did, basketball did, but baseball knew steroids were out there and, and consciously did not have a ban on them. Um, and some of the steroids, the, the, the stuff that was being taken, there was no measure for it and there were no laws against it. So, you know, they weren't breaking the laws in the United States or in Sammy Sosa's case, the United States or the Dominican Republic. So they're not breaking any laws. They're not breaking any, any rules within their sport. I say suck it up and let them get into the Hall of Fame and let their record stand because, you know, it's not their fault that their that they're ensuing sports didn't ban these processes and these policies. You know, I think that the baseball is the one that should have the black eye, not, not the, the players, because the players were doing what they had to to be able to be com compete. And quite I've got to be honest with you. I had no idea. 
I, I thought after all of that that there was a ban in baseball because they made it. I mean, it was a cheating scandal. It was, you know, these guys are are uh, using their steroids and 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 you know hitting these incredible numbers of of home runs because they're cheating and nobody else can compete with that and yada yada yada. And so they didn't have a ban on it. No, um, the the uh, baseball's uh, ban. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out exactly when they put the, the, the ban in place, if I can find out um, when they started um, blocking it. But it was, uh, let's see, baseball steroid investigation in 2006. Now, mind you, this is summer of 1998. Um, report on the investigation was released in December of 2007, naming more than 80 former and current baseball players. MLB's steroid policy. Uh, steroids were banned by Major League Baseball in 2005 and human growth hormone in 2011. Okay? This was 1998, huh. so they didn't break any rules. So, no. I, you know, I mean, now, did, were they doing something that they knew was banned by other sports and that they knew would give them a leg up? Absolutely. But... You know, I don't blame them. They were they were taking they were working within the situation that baseball had created, and um, and in order, you know, the, these are professionals who get paid by, uh, you know, winning and and performing, and this was able to enhance their performance. And to this day, McGuire says I, he didn't take them as a performance enhancement. He said I, you know, I took them to help me get healthy and be able to play again because. He had a, a string of injuries, and so he wanted to get over his injuries quicker to get back in the game. And he's adamant that he would have. He says, I would have broken the record regardless. He says, I may not have hit 70, but I would have broken the record because that's just where I was at at that point in my career and what I was able wow. to and, do. And so these guys, they're saying that these guys can't get into the Hall of Fame because of that when they were doing something that was not illegal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah well, that's not fair. The way the Hall of Fame works, too, it's it's a weird thing um, in that the Hall of Fame is elected by a bunch of sports writers and, and, and other people. And so there's this group of several hundred people who vote. And you have to get 75% of them to agree that you should be in the Hall of Fame. And so they're holding these guys accountable as cheaters. And and they're saying that they're not putting them in the you know and so it's it's not like baseball itself uh, says it's it's really weird the baseball hall of fame is not run by major league baseball interesting it's, it's its own entity and it determines who's on the panel to vote and mostly it's it's sports writers and uh, yeah and I, you know again I just in my mind the um, that that whole doping era you can't take out some of the greatest athletes during that era and just say well you guys were cheaters so you none of you guys get to go in um especially when several of you are you know record holders and your records are in the books we haven't taken your records away but we're not going to vote you in the hall of fame as sort of a punishment that said baseball fans and baseball people can be incredibly fickle about that stuff i mean you know pete rose is is phenomenal historical baseball player who likewise has records that stand but they've never voted him in either he's still banned from baseball so so i i have to say i'm not, I'm not really i'm not really a baseball fan i'm not a baseball fan at all but i do mm -hmm. like going 
to the local minor league team yeah. and, you know, sitting with friends and having a beer and some peanuts and, yeah. um, you know, kind of just enjoying it. And, and yesterday, uh, Tobin or Saturday, Tobin um, sat down, uh, made himself two hot dogs for lunch and had hot dogs and potato salad. And it smelled like summer. It smelled like the <laughs> smelled ball like field. Baseball. It's, yeah. It smelled like baseball. And it, it just really made me miss you know, the summer days in the stadium. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, baseball you know, is a totally it, different game when you go to the park than watching it on television. It's just not the same. Yes. It does it not, really tran- isn't. doesn't translate to TV at all. And that's why, you know, NFL and NBA are more popular than baseball now than they used to be, you know, whereas baseball used to be more. It's because baseball works great on the radio and it works great in person. But it yes. just does not translate to television. In television, it's like watching people stand out in the lawn. Yeah. You know? it's, it's just like, yes. well, you know, there's guys standing out there waiting. You know, there's just there's too many people standing around waiting for something to happen, you know? There's two guys playing catch. One guy <laughs> watching them pay, play catch carefully with a bat and a bunch of people standing around. <laughs> That's baseball. That is baseball. That's so funny. <laughs> and, and when you're at the park... It's it's perfect. And when you are, you know, honestly, I think it's a I have found and I'm not a huge baseball fan either. Um, I'm a Dodger guy. But but, you know, if if I want to pay attention to what's going on in baseball, I'm much more likely to put it on the radio or on streaming and then go about doing something, you know, working around the house or working in the yard or something and let the baseball thing stream in the background. That the audio works much better than sitting down and watching it. It's just it's not a sit down and watch kind of game on TV. It's it's really not. Um, so I hope that they have some kind of season because it you know I I you know open the yeah. ball field back up for crying out loud. Well, right now the issue is that the players and the owners are arguing over what the monetary split would be when they come back, and uh, and. That's it's basically all about money right now. It's it's an argument and and it's you know it's like okay if we don't get a full season how are we going to divvy up the money? Are you going to honor our complete contracts as players or are you going to give us a percentage? What is that percentage? How do we calculate it? And that's where the arguments go back. And so the players' association and the owners are basically at a standstill, and that's why there's no baseball because they they could have so, been the first sport back. So here's the thing, you know. Baseball used to be the America's sport, right? I mean, really, people loved baseball because it's associated with summer and people go, you know, mm-hmm. they, they uh, the, the people who are the diehard baseball fans, they got, got their start watching baseball when they were kids. They go with their dad or grandfather or whatever. And anyway, so there's this real love for baseball. But, you know, the, the popularity in baseball took a nosedive when they had the players strike. I don't even remember what year that was. Yeah. And, you know, are you going to tell the baseball fans that, you couldn't work this out, but while we were while we were waiting, while we were twiddling our thumbs at home, you couldn't work this out, and now you're not going to have any games. And what's that going to do to, you know, mm-hmm. people's uh, support of baseball? Yeah, the strike was ninety four ninety five season, and they, um, uh, yeah, I mean, just shot themselves in the foot, and they're doing it again. They could have yes. been the first sport back. Let's face it, baseball, you know, other than sliding for home, you don't even have to touch anybody. Right. I mean, you, 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 you physically don't touch anybody else. You're throwing the ball back and forth. I mean, when you tag somebody on base is about the closest you're going to get to somebody. And 
they could have brought it back without people in the stands and had baseball going and been the live sport that everybody gets to watch. And they can't get out of their own way, you know, to get the games going. And it's frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. I, I want more, you know. I I want normalcy. That's that's what I want. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're into stage three, um, you know, restaurants, di- restaurant dining rooms and everything are supposed to open up this Friday. Um, yeah. you know, some are already open, uh, and you know, gyms and other places are supposed to be opening up as of this Friday. And, and I'm good. I think that's great. Yeah. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah. I think we need to get back at it. I mean, we need to keep an eye on the COVID cases and see where they're at and they are rising, but we're, our hospitals are handling it and uh, we need to get back to living. You know, I, um, as, as a swim coach, uh, the Southern California swimming organization has provided most of the teams with some information and, and, and some outlines of letters to send. And, uh, my team competes in orange County. So you've got to get the County health department to say we can open up first and then whomever runs your pool, whether it be a city or a school district or whatever. And so I shared emails to all the county health supervisors and all of the school district board members with my team and, and, a, and an outline of a letter or an email to send to each of them and said, you know, please reach out to these people and say you want you want your pool open so that your kids can get back in the water. I'm sure they're all, I've had parents reaching out to me going, my kids are driving me nuts. They're stir crazy. They need to get out and move, you know. Yeah. And this is yeah. the way we move is in a pool. Well, so. and especially since, you know, especially for your seniors, uh, well, and your juniors, uh, where they might have some scouts looking at them and they might they want offers coming in from from uh, uh, NCAA schools about, you know, scholarships and that sort of thing. They need they can't be out of exercise. They can't be out of shape. So they need to get in the pool and start hustling so that they're ready. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You just, you know, you, you can't turn on and off fitness like a switch. It's something you have to maintain and, and be consistent. And, you know, people say, oh, well, they could go walking or running and stuff, but it's different, different exercise, different muscles, completely different type of training than what they would have in a pool. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, um, not like there are soccer players who, who, who can keep up their cardio by going for a run. And even that's not the same as a soccer practice, you know? Right. Yeah, and our girls, our 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 student athletes, um, our uh, African mm-hmm. athletes who are uh, we're hosting, um, they have been out. Uh, they they've been going to a, a, a local elementary school and and just mm-hmm. um, playing basketball against one another, trying to keep themselves in shape because they're in that same boat. They are being recruited right now for uh, the four year colleges. They're at a junior college uh, mm-hmm. for one more year, and so that you know they they want. They want to be in tip-top shape so that they get some nice offers in November, you know. Yeah, yeah. They can't afford to sit at home. They need to be up and going and and uh, and keep keep themselves tuned up and ready to play. Indeed. So this weekend, Tobin and I watched We Are Marshall. Um, and have mm-hmm. you seen that movie? Uh, quite a while ago, yeah. It came out in tw- 2006, and I, I hadn't... Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't heard of it, or I don't remember it. It didn't. It wasn't on my radar. Matthew McConaughey. The music, music. No, the movie was pretty good. Um, uh, but it, the story of this, and, and did I talk about this? The story of this plane crash that killed an entire uh, football team 
um, their entire coaching staff, athletic director, um, several of the uh, boosters for this Marshall University in West Virginia um, uh, that happened in November of uh, 1970. Uh, so I watched, that's what the movie is about, and I've been kind of reading up on it. And then mm -hmm. I found out, the movie was pretty good, I recommend it, you know, yeah. go watch the movie. Um, then I found out that six weeks before that, uh, a plane carrying uh, players from Wichita State uh, had gone down into a Colorado mountainside, and they had several of their people killed. There were not, there, not everybody was killed, not 100%, but um, I think there were 20-something people right. killed, which is a lot. Um, uh, and, and their coaching staff and, and, uh, the, some boosters for them and I mean, holy cow, you know, that was that I didn't realize that that had happened in, in the, in the Wichita state case, um, the, the pilot, I mean, it was total pilot error. He veered from the flight route because he wanted to have the kids go sightseeing and he, uh, was flying too low and got in a Canyon where he couldn't turn around. Um, and he didn't have the lift because the plane was too heavy to be able to clear the mountain. So they landed, they ran into the side of it. Yeah. It was, oh my God. Yeah. Com incredibly foolish. Uh, and uh, yes. Yeah. You know, just insane. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's a, um, sad yet inspiring story. Yeah. The, we are Marshall story is, is. Mm -hmm. You know, I, from what I understand, and, and this is how I got um, one of the, the, the both the girls are being recruited to um, a state university. Uh, so Arkansas State and the coach there who called and said that he was new at Arkansas State, but that he had come from Marshall University mm -hmm. and um, and then explained that this was this had happened. And so I started Googling Marshall University. And I mean, this this that event mm -hmm. has an impact still today. Yeah. Um, was he at know, Marshall when that later. happened? He was not, because that I was mean, 1970. And right, but um, I, yeah. okay. I was just thinking, you know, he could have been there as a student or something younger. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. he's, you know, it was a long time ago. It was 1970, so. So, um, no. You know what? That I don't know, whether he was a student there. I don't know. I know that he mm -hmm. coached there, coached women's basketball. Um, yeah. uh, but anyway, so I, I guess it was, it, was, it was such an impactful, a pivotal moment for the history of the town of Huntington, West Virginia, that they still talk about it. They still, you know, that's, oh. this, that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, all. you, you lose, you know, 75 people from a community. You're going to, that's going to have a lasting impact. It is. It is. You know, and especially anyway. young people. A lot of people will go, well, you know, especially these are young kids that had their whole life in front of them. But there were, there were several couples who were on the, on mm -hmm. the plane. Um, and, uh, you know, so their children were left parent, they were orphaned by right. it. They were, I mean, the whole coaching staff, the athletic director, you know, in, at Marshall, I mean, it would just, it just obliterated them, the, the team and so mm -hmm. many prominent, there were several doctors and there were, you know, business owners and, you know, oh my God. Yeah. Yep. So it, um, yeah, I guess tragic. if there's. <laughs> Yeah, I guess if there's a, a lesson to be learned from that is that every moment is a gift. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you can't live your life afraid of doing anything because something might happen because something could happen at any moment. So live your life uh, to its fullest every moment. And just make sure you, the people around you, the people that you care about, know that you care about them. 
and you know that uh, don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, I know that's cliche, but it's really true. Really, you is. know, you know, there's there, there's a nugget of truth in those cliches. Exactly, there oh. is, there really is. So, hey, have you heard about what's happening in Seattle? The people taking over a couple blocks of the city. Yeah. Yes, right downtown. And they're calling it the uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. It's like they've created their own country. Yeah. Chaz. And, they changed uh, the name this morning, though, didn't they? Oh, I don't know. Did they? This morning there was news that they were changing the name, that it was not going to be Chaz. It was something else. I don't remember the specifics. Here's a crazy thought. Why not call it Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I don't. The fact that that they have been allowed to do this is insane. Yeah, well, and their police chief basically just shut down the police station that was within that area and said, "Okay, everybody leave. Just let them have it." Well, but she was ordered to let them have it. Yeah. She has come out and and spoken out about how how crazy this is, and yeah. she's made it very clear that that um, her cop standing down was not her idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw her on one of the talk shows this weekend. I didn't get that impression from her, but I did honestly I didn't listen to all of it. So um, Well, maybe but, the maybe the city has said you have to toe the party line because yeah. she did interviews early on that made it very clear that it well, wasn't her idea. It makes perfect sense that it wouldn't be her idea. I can't imagine that the police chief wouldn't say, Yeah, let's just abandon these these few blocks to the the people who have decided they're going to take over and camp. Because why not? <laughs> Well, and, and here's the thing. So I had gotten into a discussion with someone uh, who was wanting to defund the police, and, and um, she was one of those who wanted to just get rid of police departments. And I said, well, if you do that, you're going to create a vacuum, and that vacuum will be filled by a warlord. Um, uh, you know, what I said was organized crime. It could be a mm-hmm. warlord. It could be a cartel. It could be a gang. It could be something, whatever you want to call it. And, and sure enough, that's happening up in what used to, the area formerly known as Chaz. Uh, it's it's happening in that area. They have armed people that are guarding the uh, the gates, so to speak. And and uh, one one you know kind of chief low life is is uh, becoming their warlord um, or becoming their you know police chief or whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, we're watching the Lord of the Flies happen right in front of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. As much as, as somebody may want to defund the police, they can't deny exactly what you're said. I mean, it was obvious that that was going to happen, that there's there's a, uh, you know, there's that, that vacuum will be filled by somebody who says, I'm in charge. Exactly. And usually it's I, whomever has the, the most power, strength, guns, whatever. So the thing that strikes me, and I've had this, I, I've had conversations uh, mostly online uh, with people about this, um, the phrase defund the police means different things to different people. Uh, the, the, what, they're, what, what they're trying to tell people is defund the police means take some of that police funding and put it in social programs. But, but when a conservative hears to defund the police, that means get rid of the police department entirely, which sends alarm bells off and people are like, no, are you kidding me? No, I'm not going to do that. That would be stupid. Yeah. And so, again, we're, we've got these issues where people are talking past each other. And, and I... I have to say, and, and we, you know, we've kind of been talking about this, the idea of, of creating um, a, a more compassionate approach to 
the root causes of crime um, makes sense to me. But having yeah. said that, you still need to have firm boundaries. Yeah, I think there have been some interesting ideas about, you know, and, and it was a big conversation on a lot of the, the news shows on Sunday. And the, the, the idea of defunding, meaning take some funds away from the police and let the police focus on things that are police duties, that there's too many times that police are now dealing with mental health issues and mental illness and homelessness that they shouldn't ever deal with. They should, you shouldn't be sending in armed people with batons to deal with homeless and mentally ill people that there are, um, better equipped, uh, um, organizations to do that. And that we need to, you know, set it up such that when you call 911, the dispatch person sends somebody, the, the right person and not the police. When you've got, uh, you know, people who are displaying mental illness or people that are homeless that need some assistance, that there uh, are better, better underfunded ways of handling that. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I, you know? I absolutely agree. I, you know, there are the the police are not social workers yeah. and there are times when what you need is not a policeman. It's a social yeah. worker. Well, um, yeah. And we were asking police to do things that they were never initially intended to do. It just gets dumped on them because they've taken money away from, uh, you know, dealing with, with, uh, mental health or they dealing with homelessness or dealing with, you know, the other one that I heard was people, why are they, why are, why are police doing, um, traffic stuff? You know, there's, we've got like, meter maid people that go around and give you tickets if you're illegally parked why aren't those people also or that that group of people also equipped to to pull people over and stop them for moving some some basic moving violations you know if there's if there wasn't a a crime committed a violent crime committed then why are the police involved although i have to say there are policemen who are shot at you know by suspects when they do do basic uh, traffic violations, sure. you know, you know, so I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd want to see statistics yeah. on, on the safety of those, of those stops, you know, right. because it, they, it makes the news when it's, it makes the news when somebody dies because, you know, from a routine traffic stop. Yeah. Um, but does that mean that it's, it makes the news because it's so rare that when it happens, it's a big deal or does it mean, that that there's actually a problem. Do you see what I'm saying? So oh, ab- absolutely, absolutely. I mean, quite frankly, you know, the, the and and this is incredibly imp- unpopular way to 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 look at things. But for the last four or so years, there's been basically about a thousand police shootings a year in the total of the United States. And if you look at the percentage of what a thousand is in the 350 million people that are in the United States, your odds of being shot by a police officer are are, are less than your odds of being hit by lightning are. Um. So, you know, is it really an issue or is it an issue of our instant news and everybody's walking around with studio quality cameras in their pocket now? Yeah, you well, know, that's I'm, true. Clearly, there are are beyond police shootings or police deaths. There are police who are killing people with no reason to. I mean, you know, everybody saw the George Floyd video, um, you know, and, and recently was it... Um, the guy, I think it was Atlanta, where, uh-huh. um, you know, the, the guy struggled and grabbed the police police uh, stun gun and started to run away. And they shot him three times and killed him. Which he, had is, a, he had a stun gun. They knew yeah. what he had. I mean, just let him run away. Who cares? Let him run away. Well, you have his car. You have his license plate. You know where he lives. Yes. 
And he has a stun gun. Yes. There's no reason to shoot the man in the back three times. No, and kill him. there's not. Regardless nope. of what his behavior was and he was struggling and not listening to you. You know, and that's, I think, honestly, um, the, the the thing that bothers me the most is that when, when you talk to some police officers, they get really bent out of shape if you're not listening to their, their legal command. They are commanding you to do something. And it's like, well, so I didn't listen to you. It doesn't mean that you can kill me. Yeah. This is you not know? North Korea. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't necessarily have to listen to you. And that's the point that I think that they that we need to teach the police officers is that, you know, there are people who are going to say, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. And and you you're um, you can't escalate it to beyond, you know, I, I shouldn't even say anything wrong, but they're going to say, you know, you know, I'm sitting in my car on the side of the road. And you're going to tell me that I'm loitering. And now because I because I'm air quote loitering, you can use physical violence to to apprehend me you know i mean yeah that's nuts and so i think there's clearly some training that needs to be done um and and when we talk about like the moving violations and meter maids meter maids are part of a police force generally and a meter maid is probably a almost sounds derogatory because not everybody's a a maid um but but the um people who do parking violations um you know but they're trained differently. They're like a, a separate level within the within the the force, and so I'm not saying that police shouldn't be doing the traffic stops. But what I'm saying is that maybe it should be a separate group that's trained differently to do that kind of thing, and not the same group that you send out when there's you know somebody shooting a gun off somewhere or or um, you know uh, a hit and run suspect that you're trying to to pursue. That's a different group of people. I agree. You know, I agree. I, I, it's so funny though. Um, there are, I post an article, um, on, uh, on my Facebook page and, and I have put, um, a disclaimer and forgive me. It was, I'm, I'm still recovering and I'm a little sleepy this morning. Um, this, uh, I, I, I share a lot of articles and I share articles. I think that will get people talking with one another, mm-hmm. um, because they're important topics or because they're interesting topics. And so I've been posting about this defund the police thing. And, and some people are just the, I got an F you, I got a, you know, several others like that. And then I got a woman called me YT. Do you know what YT is have you ever seen that yellow teeth i, I know yt it is it is the letter y oh, and the letter t whitey yeah. and it's a pejorative apparently i didn't know but she i had put um somebody said defund the police like they've defunded schools and i and so my answer to that was in in 2018 they california spent 96.7 billion dollars on schools my point being that they haven't been defunded and um and this woman, like post after post after post after post, calling me all kinds of names and that I'm just a racist and I'm a white supremacist. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you off your beds or what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, Welcome to social media and the joys yeah. of of, of chewing somebody out blindly. Exactly. You know? And I and I because it were like six mm. or eight posts like that. And I. I just, but I finally came back because I was out doing other things. I came back and saw it. I'm like, wow, you're having this whole thing over there with yourself. 
Yeah. Anyway, it just made me laugh. People, it, there's some very unstable people out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, or people that just get wildly emotional about stuff, you know, without hearing the, both sides of it. It's like when your emotions get kicked up, you can't ever put yourself in somebody else's shoes and just try to understand where they're coming from just a, for a half second so that you can maybe see that there's a differing opinion than yours. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, yes. and hyperbole is not helpful. It's really not. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand the people who are protesting, who are complaining about, you know, the United States is terrible. It's like the United States is the infrastructure that allows you to be protesting. Because in a lot of yes. places in the world, they would water cannon you or just shoot you or haul you off to jail. Yeah, or be like, you know, in, uh, you know the, the Chinese Communist Party and run over you with a tank. Yeah, yeah. And then, and, and then publish in the news that, that, you know, wild hooligans were destroying property. And, oh, my gosh, you know, hey, guess what? Wild hooligans were destroying property during a lot of these protests. Not the protesters. But wild hooligans were doing it. Now, would the protesters like to be treated like they were the ones doing it and hauled no, off of to jail not. and put in work camps for 10 years to be retrained? Because that's what happens in places around the world. But not here because you're allowed to protest. Yes. You know? And good. 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 You know, they're making yeah. a point and they need to make a point because, you know, the people are being killed in the streets by people who are supposed to protect people in the streets. And, and that's worthy of protest. <sighs> anyway, so evidently I'm a I'm a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, who knew? <laughs> oh, that's funny. And yeah. the people who are on the on the far right called me a libtard. Exactly. So. Exactly. I figure if you're upsetting both sides, you must be doing something right, right? It's um yeah, it, you know, it, you, sometimes you just throw up your hands and go, well, I can't win. You know, I'm I'm yeah. not here to bring you all together. You know, I'm just here to have a conversation. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Yeah, exactly. So if I'm being called a, a white supremacist and a libtard, I'm probably doing something right. Yeah. It's like you guys even don't even read each other's posts. You, you both. <laughs> you know what you should say? See, I'm, I'm so happy to have brought these two sides together because you both agree that you hate me. <laughs> right in in this moment, in this moment, you know. Yes. So I've done it. I finally brought the liberals oh. and the conservatives together. It's like a Marx Brothers skit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, you know, it, it's it, some you know, it's, it's like the guy who said, "Well, you know, I agree wholeheartedly with the KKK." Today is Tuesday. You know, <laughs> I don't agree with them on anything else, but today is Tuesday. Yes, you know, and oh actually, it's Monday, God. so so we're both wrong. But exactly, <laughs> it's it's Monday. Yeah, you know. So, but now see, somebody will take that out and say, and they'll and and see the, today's news. All you would hear on that quote was, "I agree wholeheartedly with the KK." That's all you would hear. That's all you would hear in today's news. That's that's where we are in our news media right now, which is horrible because that's what we grab headlines, right? Yes, they wouldn't say. You know, you wouldn't get the punchline to the joke, right, that today's Monday. You wouldn't get that because, no, no, that doesn't, you know, that's not inflammatory, so we can't publish that. We got we to gotta lead with the, the bleeding edge of, of horror. Exactly. Exactly. News media. Ha! You know, I used to work for newspapers, as you know, and I love the news media. I think that they serve a really important purpose. I, I believe in the fourth estate. Um 
but boy, have they done themselves wrong as they've as they've had trouble continuing to exist sans massive advertising. There's been cuts in newsrooms all over the place, and um, you know because newsrooms are run in a capitalist society in order to be independent, they are struggling. And that's a problem for us, honestly. You know, maybe we should be looking at a a um, a pool of money set aside to fund independent news that's not, you know, given out based on on um, on your uh, uh, perspective, but just based on your your procedure and your policy. Well, that's the that's the notion. That's the idea behind public broadcasting and. Um, uh, you know, so NPR and uh, PBS, uh, but they 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 do tend to lean to the left, and um, uh, I don't disagree with you, but yeah. but there's already a mistrust because they seem to align with the left, right? Um, but but they miss the piece that uh, where where I was talking about that they need to be based on procedure. They're not. They're just uh, oh, we're going to give you public money because you're a public entity. And then you can go which, lean whichever way you want. And what I believe is that you need to have policies and procedures in place to say that you're allowed to do these things. You, you must have three sources before you publish. You must, you know, you, you, you can't, you're not allowed to, to have a, a, an op-ed section. Or if you do, it's got to be clearly defined. And you cannot, you know, if you offer opinions in a section that's other than that, then you lose your funding because the other sections are designed for news and to be news it has to meet xyz criteria and you know and that way it's actual news as opposed to to the slants uh, that we get because you're right it, it the the conservatives don't trust NPR because it has a liberal leaning and you know and and the liberals don't trust Fox because Fox has a conservative leaning and you know and it's like nobody trusts the media anymore and, no, they don't. You know, for good cause, because the media has gone out of their way to stay in business. <laughs> and and by doing that, they've had to to get more and more inflammatory. And, you know, in order to sell ads, they've got to get eyeballs. And so you don't get eyeballs by just just telling it like it is, you know. You so get... I think people need to start subscribing to newspapers, even if you just read online. It's it's, you know, pay for what you're using. Um, you know, I, I, it's Historic, interesting how, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just to say historically newspapers don't, um, cannot survive on subscriptions. The, 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 the amount of money that you pay each, each month for your monthly subscription, uh, covers the cost of delivery, but not the cost of the collection and printing of the paper. That's all covered through advertising. And so they are still ad driven. And so therefore they're still driven to put, um, uh, headlines that yeah, grab eyeballs. But, but but what the subscribers do is they allow the salespeople to say we have X number of subscribers to their advertisers, um, True. and then they can talk about X number of eyeballs, and so mm -hmm. it 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 does add to the to the formula that absolutely. helps them charge more for their advertising dollars. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right there. Absolutely right. So, yeah, you know, the well, one I'm... thing that the internet I think did did wrong early on is they made everything free. And they set the expectation on the internet. Uh, the expectation was set not only in in journalism, but in many many other things. That that all of the things consumed on the internet have to be free. And we've right. moved away from that. But it's it's the the newspapers 
again, we've talked about different formulas that they could use, mm -hmm. um, you know, that you, uh, that you basically pay for the articles that you read or you, you know, whatever. Um, we've talked about different formulas, uh, but they are still kind of doing the old model, which I think is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, um, have continued to see less and less people read their stuff and they've tried to go online and do that and have subscriptions online and sell ads and stuff there. Uh -huh. You know, they're trying, they're trying, but the newsrooms have shrunk. What, what, you know, you used to walk into uh, your local newspaper and you would see 150 journalists working to put out that paper and, and you know, it's less than half that now working in most newspapers and most of what you see is newswire stuff that they pick up from national news. Um, it's just really, really hard to maintain a newsroom anymore. Um, the financial balance sheet doesn't work out. And so, um, yeah, they've got to find, we've got to find a model for getting uh, both local and, um, and news that is actually news. You know, if you happen to live in an area where you've got an editorial staff that, uh, that truly believes in, in getting news out as opposed to, uh, to preaching to the choir more power to you but they're hard to find indeed so we are completely out of time for today we are we are back from the brink hey check out our website if you're listening to us we have updated you can now listen to um uh, past shows uh, as a podcast you can download them and uh there's a link to stream directly from the website we are at back from the brink live i'm todd brinker i'm Erin brinker thank you so much for joining us have a great day, everyone.